When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, IDP Army. Everything about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. What so is up, IDP Army? It's your man Jordan Reigns. Joined today with Joe Herboff at Fantasy GI Joe. If you're on Twitter, mine is at 50 Shades of Drunk. And this is the IDP Army podcast. And we are here to talk about mostly IDP, all fantasy football, as always. Hey, if it's your first time listening, we appreciate that. If you are a returning listener, we appreciate that too. Leave a review, leave a five star rating. We would appreciate that too. It does a lot for the show. And today we are going to jump into part two of a series we started the other day, which is our rankings, early rankings. Um, and we are going to finish off our top 24 defensive ends, defensive lineman rankings. Uh, this show is going to be released a little bit early uh, via video form to the Patreon. So if you're not on the Patreon, go check that out. Patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army. You'll have access to this early if you are in the patronage. So we appreciate you guys over there. And yeah, Joe, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. I'm excited to, to to finish out these top 24 rankings. I think there's some guys in here that could be some sneaky plays for next year to break that top 10. Yeah, well, there's definitely, you know, at the defensive line position, there's always upside available. Um, and that's kind of one of the reasons, you know, I don't want to say stream the position, but you can wait a little bit in your draft sometimes and still find plenty of value. Some of these guys we're going to mention now are names that came up out of nowhere last year that we anticipate being around for a while for IDP, um, you know, some names like Leonard Williams and, you know, Stefan Tuitt, you know, so we'll get to those guys in just a minute. Uh, before that, we are going to let you guys uh, check out one of the sponsors of the show, Monkey Knife Fight. The ad that we're going to play, it says they give you a $50 bonus. Guys, the bonus right now is up to 100 bucks. So if you go up there and you go through the link that's going to be available in the, the uh, description of the show, in the YouTube or on the podcast uh, description, you can match up to 100 bucks if you put it on Monkey Knife Fight. Their, their daily fantasy games are so easy. I did some last night on uh, on the Lakers game. It was fun. Devin Booker, I got in on some of that action. So 
Go check out Monkey Knife Fight. Let's hear from them real quick, sponsor of the show, and then we will get to the rankings. What's up, IDP Army? It's your man, Jordan Reigns, interrupting the show quickly to tell you guys about a new sponsor of the show, Monkey Knife Fight. If you haven't checked out Monkey Knife Fight yet, you're definitely going to want to do that. Let me tell you what they have to offer, all right? Monkey Knife Fight is daily fantasy sports gaming website for casual sports fans that is simple and easy to use and easy to play. The users determine which superstars competing for the day's professional sporting events will record more or less than a contest provided. Monkey Knife Fight's daily fantasy prop games play similar to salary cap-based DFS games, but without all the algorithms, the lineups, and most importantly, the sharks. You guys got to go try this at IDP Army, okay? Monkey Knife Fight is like our brand, like the IDP Army brand. It's disruptive, it's forward-thinking, and they are definitely where we play daily fantasy sports you guys should too get started today with a 100% instant match bonus up to $50 if you use the promo code IDP Army. That's only for the first time or new depositors only, but hopefully you guys are getting in there, winning some money, having a good time, and make sure whenever you guys get in there, and if you do win a little bit of money, you know, which is what we want you to do, take those winnings, go sign up with the Patreon, Patreon dot com that'll get you into the idp army patreon where you can check out the ultimate idp index the discord channel and all that other good stuff so idp army you know what to do back to the show we're back like i said go check out monkey knife fight partner of the show we love Monkey and I Fight. Um, they're a great daily fantasy platform. They're working with us. We're going to help them out. So go play some daily fantasy, win some money, and sign up for the Patreon. All right, let's get into it. We went through 1 through 12 last week on our top, or, or earlier this week on our top 12 defensive line or defensive end rankings. I'll read those back to you all quickly. We had TJ Watt, Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, DeForest Buckner, Aaron Donald, Joey Bosa, Montez Sweat, Brian Burns, Darius Smith, Neil Hunter and Shaq Barrett rounding out our top 12 guys. Um, some of the usual suspects there, really. We had some young guns moving their way up, some guys solidifying themselves as contenders at this position for a while. But we are going to start out today with the number 13 player on our list, our, our consensus list for the IDP Army, myself and Joe. We have Khalil Matt coming in at number 12. Uh, had a good season in 2020, um, you know, played almost 900 snaps, 50 tackles, which is good. We talked about that last week being a good number. But for a guy who played that many snaps, it's not great. You know, we, we brought him up last time as a guy who he definitely has produced less since he has been um, for IDP. He's produced less uh, generally than when he was with the Raiders. Uh, 50 tackles, 21 impact plays. That was uh, three more than the previous season. Uh, nine sacks, 12.7 points per game. I have him on the screen here, just comparing him to his offensive teammate, Allen Robinson. But, Joe, what are your thoughts on Khalil Mack? Do you think he can get back to the kind of form that he was in with the Raiders at any point while he's going to be here with Chicago? Do you think them bringing Justin Fields into the mix maybe puts them in some positions where Khalil Mack can get some more big games for us? No, I, I think – being in Chicago, I think their defensive scheme is, is what's holding him back. The talent's there. We saw it in Oakland. The, he hasn't changed. He is a very impactful player, but he's just not getting the the tackles like we, we saw in Oakland. He's not getting 
those opportunities quite as often now. And I don't, I don't really see that changing um, at all while he's there. Um, I would, I would love for it too, though. He's a lot of fun to watch, but he's just not getting home any as much as he used to. Um, and I think for a lot of people, he still is that big name. He still has that carries a, a heavy, you know, carries heavy. His name does and a lot of value, but he's not, not quite as, as good as he once was um, just because of the team change and the scheme that he's in now. Yeah. I mean, you look back at Oakland where he started his career, started his career, 76 tackles, 77 tackles, 73 tackles, 78 tackles. That's like we that's in that's that's insanity for a defensive end, defensive line player to put up for IDP. And on top of that, he was putting up 16, 23, 14, 15 tackles for loss. He's getting double digit sacks every one of those seasons. Uh, He's only had double digit sacks once summing to Chicago. He has only had 11 tackles for losses, his high, uh, and that was just last year. Um, and the tackles, like we said, are down 50, 47, 47. So the, the fantasy impact of what he's doing in Chicago is less. The things you love about him, though, and this is why he still, for me, is going to be a high-end defensive lineman, too, is you look at his career, 16 games started, 16 games started, 16 games started, 16 games started, 13 games started, and then 16, 16. So he's going to play for you every single week. Love to see that. Another thing is the forced fumbles. He's a proven disruptor, even if he's not getting the sacks the way he was. You know, his forced fumbles, one, two, five, one, six, five, three. So you can count on him for about three, three and a half forced fumbles a season. So that's going to make up for some of that lack of, you know, a couple of tackles for loss right there. Okay, and then, you know, pass deflections. He's consistently getting those every season. Three, two, three, three, four, four, three. So he's... In his auxiliary stats, like we said earlier, the things that make him a great player, an impact player, he's still doing those things on the field at a fairly high clip, even though, like you said and pointed out, which it's very noticeable for him, the tackles have taken a a nosedive. But he's still the same player on the field. So for me, because of the weekly uh, upside, uh, you know, as an impact player, again, even without some of those uh, you know, the high, high gaudy numbers he had to start his career. He's going to be a player you want in your lineup every single week and he could win you a week. So that's, uh, that's my take on Khalil Mack this year. He's coming at 13 for us. We will move on to player number 14. That is Harold Landry, a guy that I often stand for on this show. A guy, he, I feel like he just doesn't get the love, the appreciation, the respect he deserves for what he does on the field. Yeah. He's not a, Sexy pass rusher, um, but you know, four and a half, nine, and then five and a half sacks. He plays a ton of snaps, he plays 16 games for you. The impact plays are reasonable 16, 17 in the last two years, but he does get really high uh tackle numbers uh, because of the outside linebacker position and because of the high number of snaps that he plays 68 and 69 in the past two years. What are your thoughts on Harold Landry coming off five pass deflections too as a defensive lineman? which you know, we saw, talked about two guys last week, um, you know, earlier this week in Daniil Hunter, and Joey Bosa, who combined, I think, have passed five pass flexions in their career. So what are your thoughts on on Harold Landry? No, I like him. And to your point, that's what I was going to mention was the pass deflections. That's a surprising number that that you like to see um, to, that he's not necessarily getting home, but he's still impacting the play with his length. Um, you love to see that. And like just for reference, um, you said. You know, he had 16 impact plays this last year. Um, that's that's a pretty good number. I mean, there's a lot of guys that go 
in drafts that are considered a lot better that that are in that same boat. You know, like uh, like Zadarius Smith. You know, I mean, he's twenty. He's at you know three or four more, but he's he's much higher on our list. So this guy, he could, he should, you know, very easily could be much higher on our list. And he, he, like you said, he doesn't get the respect he necessarily deserves um, because the stats are always there or have been the last two years. Yeah. I mean, he was a, uh, let's see, pull this up here on the screen. He was a top, top 10 guy last year. Yeah. Finished at 10, 205. I mean, that's just three points less than Montez Sweat, 10 points less than Miles Garrett, who, like you said, are two guys that were a lot higher in our rankings. Um, he gets Bud Dupree added to this line. So, you know, and last year, five and a half sacks or four, five and a half sacks that he had is really low number. I was looking at Mike Clay's projections for this upcoming year. He has Harold Landry with 10 sacks this year. So, you know, I mean, Mike Clay is admittedly a lot smarter than me. Well, um, the, the quarterback hits were there. You know, he, he's, he's got he, – he could have easily gotten a few more, it mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah, and with the snap. So if we can get this this defense this that gets kind of dunked on a little bit uh, by the media, the mainstream media, they don't like the Titans' defense. Um, I think I, – I, I like Bud Dupree and I like Harold Landry a lot this year in IDP. Um, Landry enough to come in on our consensus as defensive lineman uh, 14. And like I said, you know, on our last show, and you guys should all know this, we play pride predominantly on the sleeper app platform where these guys are going to be dual tagged. Some of these guys that you may think of as outside linebackers um, in your platforms, uh, if you play on other platforms, uh, Sleeper does allow the defensive line players uh, and outside linebackers that are pass rushers. Um, pretty, they're pretty inclusive about who they allow for that. So Harold Landry has a defensive line tag. TJ Watt has a defensive line tag. Shaq Barrett does. Now, they didn't always have that. That was actually recently implemented last year, but that's another reason that we love Sleeper and we communicate with Sleeper a lot and talk to them a lot. And their product is good because they listen to their consumers. Um, and they're helping push fantasy football forward in a lot of ways, one of them being this. So we're able to talk about Harold Landry as a defensive line player, which is what he should be played as. Um, so, yeah, he comes in as 14 for us on our list. Let's pull up our next guy here. We have at 15 is Chandler Jones. Okay, so Chandler Jones is not somebody anybody should be surprised to see on a list. It, maybe this low is questionable. We have him at 15 right now in our early consensus. Um, he finished as the defensive lineman one, two oh. seasons ago. Uh, yeah, but was it 19-something sacks, I believe. Uh, his career numbers, if you're looking here on the screen, I mean, he's played 124 games. He has 432 tackles, 97 sacks, 27 forced fumbles, 106 tackles for loss. Um, like I said, he was the number one defensive line player the year before. He was beat out by uh, half a sack by Shaq Bear at the end of the season to finish uh, not as a sack leader. 26 quarterback hits, 11 tackles for a loss, eight forced fumbles. That was led the league. You know, at 15, are we a little too low on him here, Joe? Or, or what? Yeah, what are your this, this is a guy that easily could sneak into the top 10 or even top five. Um, you know, he, he last year, you know, he didn't play much. He only had the five games after the injury. Uh, but the, the numbers before that, I mean, almost every year he's a double digit sack guy. I mean, he gets home and he gets home often. And that eight forced fumbles in 2019 is, is pretty unheard of. That's a pretty incredible number that I actually didn't realize that he had. 
um, and the quarterback hits are there. The tackle for loss floor is, is relatively high, double digits every year. In 2017, he had 28, which is crazy. Um, the tackle floor is there. You know, you say, always say, you know, 45 with 50 ranges is pretty good, and that's where he hovers around sometimes pushes up to, you know, 59, 60. Um, so this is a guy that we have low because, you know, he's a little older now, but he's, in my opinion, in Arizona, he's the IDP asset to have. Yeah, besides Buda Baker, definitely he's the guy that I probably feel the most confidence with. Um, yeah, last year was not good for him for whatever reason. He played five games. He had only one sack. He did have uh, he did have a fumble recovery. Uh, he had one tackle for loss, but he was not really playing up to his usual abilities last year. That's when he got hurt. I believe he tore his bicep, and then Hassan Reddick came in and ended up having an incredible season, uh, finishing out the season for Chandler Jones, doing things we thought Chandler Jones was going to do. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get back to form. You know, I mean, the reality was last year on a five, uh, you know, the five games he played on a points per game basis, he was putting up essentially exactly what Alex Highsmith put up over the season. It was like 5.9 points. So, I mean, he was, he hadn't boomed yet uh, and he was really disappointing managers through five weeks and he got hurt. So that's kind of why I think he is ranked where he is because we still have a, the most recent taste in our mouth is a sour taste uh, with Chandler Jones, but he's still the same player. We've seen pass rushers of a certain age still be successful himself being one just the year before, like we said, being half a sack away from the sack leader leading the league in forced fumbles. So we have him at 15, probably a little bit low, uh, what are you thinking uh, in dynasty draft pick value for him? I want to see what you think as compared to what I have in the index right now. Um, I would say, I mean, you could probably get him. Uh, I mean, a third round easy, uh, maybe even a little later than that. I mean, he is a little bit older and that scares off a lot of fantasy managers, but the defensive line position, we're just seeing an influx of, you know, veterans coming in that are still producing like Jason Pierre Paul and Chandler Jones you know, the year before. Um, so you could probably get him relatively cheap. He's not as big of a name as he should be. Um, and, yeah, I, I would definitely be a buyer of him if the price was was relatively cheap. Yeah. Yep. All right. What, so do, you have, what do you have him in the – I have him as a index. third plus in the index, right? Yeah. Now. So I think, I think if you're looking to win now, you need some help. You know, that's not an overpay, but for a guy who could, like you said, finish, we just saw two years ago, finished number one at his position. That should be looked at as a steal. Uh, we're not going to look at it like that because of the reasons we said, but a third plus, I mean, thirds, I mean, thirds were worthless this year in drafts to me. I mean, this year's draft, it was so funny. Everybody was touting this year's draft early in the offseason. Oh, get as many second round picks as you can in thirds this year. They're going to be so valuable. I mean, after about 15 picks in all my rookie drafts, I was just looking at a, a pile of garbage. Especially on the offensive side. Yeah, especially. And then the defense dried up quick. I mean, we had like the big four linebackers. And that was, you know, a couple of pass rushers who we don't really know. I mean, the rookie pass rushers who, you know, kind of a weak class that weren't taken high. So there's just definitely some questions to be had there. But Chandler Jones, like I said, he's coming in for us as consensus defensive lineman, early consensus lineman. Uh, 15. Right after him, you actually just mentioned him. We have Jason Pierre Paul coming in. Uh, kind of like you said, old man strength coming into last year. He was one of my favorite guys to uh, who I was 
higher on than ADP. Uh, I think his ADP last year ranking was like defensive lineman 30. And I was like, that's just disrespectful. He ended up finishing the year as the defensive lineman three overall. Two interceptions, four forced fumbles, 21 impact plays for the guy. Um, he did it without getting nine or without getting 10 sacks as well, which is something I always like to look at for my ID or my defensive line players. If you can score for me, for my team, um, in a, in a variety of ways, you know, having the impact plays and you can still finish with a, a top tier season without getting double digit sacks. That's good. He did have nine and a half sacks, but you know, the solo tackles were there 34. That's great. You know, quarterback hits 14. That's good enough. Six pass deflections. I mean, he had a great overall season. He played a ton of snaps on a great disruptive defense. Um, that's what I want. You know, this is another guy who, for me, he almost feels a little bit low for us here at 16. But like you said, there's 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 still a lot of old talent in the league, but there is kind of an influx of of younger talent, guys that you don't want to have to you you do want to have high. We do want to have Chase Young high, even though we've never seen him have that kind of finish. We do want to have Nick Bosa high because we haven't seen him have that kind of finish because we've seen the kind of floor they can put out, you know, as young players. So Jason Pierre Paul at 16 for us right now. What are your thoughts on him this upcoming year? I'm good. I love that. The last four years, we've kind of seen him find a happy medium. His first six, seven years, he kind of was up and down a lot with New York. And I'll tell you, I never would have thought that Jason Pierre-Paul would still be a product, not just productive, but elite um, pass rusher in 2021. I mean, whenever he had that firework accident, I don't even remember what year that was. That was like 2013 or 14, I don't know. But I never would have thought he would have been able to recover from that and actually come back and, and just get better, really. And and he, he has found a home in Tampa, and I love to see that his we're kind of just seeing – we can almost predict what he's getting from year to year in a relatively small group, you know. And before that, like I said, he was up and down so much, it was hard to really get a good grouping on what you actually could project for him. And he's definitely found a nice home in Tampa, and he's a guy where – if you have him on your team, you almost can't sell him because he's worth way more than you'll ever get because due to his age, you're not going to get much for him. So, um, yeah, if you have him, you're you're lucky because he's a very, very valuable asset. Yeah, I have him. Same as Chandler Jones, the third plus. Uh, you know, the age is definitely the primary factor in that. But, you know, again, he's 31. You see top top. If he keeps performing at this, I mean, he's going to do that until he's 35. I mean, if he can keeps it up, they're going to keep paying him. I mean, someone in the NFL will. Yeah. Yep. You're going to get some high level production from him. So don't don't shy away from JPP. He is our consensus um, 17 guy that's coming to the season. 18 for us. We have JJ Watt. This feels a little bit low again, too. But again, this maybe we're just ageist on this podcast. Um, you know, he's also 31 years old. I mean, we don't need to necessarily break down exactly what J.J. Watt has done with his career. Anybody who's anybody knows that. I think the important thing to point out with him is, one, Arizona paid him. He got a multi-year deal with them. Uh, two is he played the, I believe it was the second most snaps of his entire career this last season. Had 26 impact plays. Even though he didn't have double-digit sacks, he also finished as a top-10 defensive lineman. Just five sacks, and he was able to do that. 14 tackles for loss, which tied him with Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald. 
uh, seven pass deflections, which again, we've talked about our love of pass deflections on the show. TJ or JJ Watt is like the, the poster boy for pass deflections from the defensive lineman position. Um, what are your thoughts on him going to Arizona? Um, I, I like it. I think at his age and what they're doing there and then the depth that they have at the, the position, I, I think his snap count is going to go down, but I, I don't think the production will. I think that they're going to, when he is out there, he's 100%, you know, motivated and high motor. And I really think that we could see the same level of production, but I wouldn't be shocked if the snap count did, did regress a little bit. Um, but I, I'm looking at his numbers now, and it's like he, other than the uh, past deflections, he didn't really do a lot of one thing, but he did, you know, have a little bit of everything. So that's really where he kind of is able to jump a little higher than you really would have ever imagined he would have at this point in his career. And uh, I'm really happy for him. I'm happy that he was able to get out of Houston for one. Um, you know, out of that whole franchise, I mean, he's really the 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 only guy left that you. You know, you're like, you know, I kind of feel bad for him the way that franchise has turned because he he put everything he had into him for a decade, and for them to kind of be where they are now, it's kind of unfortunate. But I'm happy to see him move on and, and go somewhere where he can compete. And, and I really do expect him to continue. Uh, to, like what we got last year, I kind of think he's going to repeat pretty much. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think last year. Sorry, yeah, you kind of. Uh, bleeped in and out there for a second. I don't know if that was my end or your end. Um, but yeah, I mean, you pretty much nailed it on the head. I think the sacks will go down or the 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 snaps will go down. Um, uh, but I think the production is going to remain high for him because he's JJ Watt. In the I don't know, I think I clicked one too many buttons. My computer's gonna explode. All right, sorry for that, guys. Um, Cameron Jordan's our next guy. This one's really interesting to me because it seems like everybody is very down on Cameron Jordan, which, I mean, it feels justifiable. You know, not many sacks this last year. Seven and a half is his first year under double-digit sacks since 2016. So we've kind of become accustomed to him putting up a certain type of season. Um didn't quite pull it off this year the way that, like I said, we are, are used to, but I, I'm not necessarily ready to give up on him yet. He, you know, 15 impact plays this last year, 19 the year before. Um, that's not a huge difference. The big difference is that he had almost twice as many sacks the year before. So I think he kind of got our hopes up a little bit. And that's why I feel like people are almost overcorrecting on how we're viewing him. Um, again, just 31 years old, a lot of these will be on a streak of guys here in their early 30s um, that still have plenty of juice, that have a history of having plenty of juice. What, what do you think? You're, you're a Saints fan. Yeah, he had a down year for sure. But, I mean, there's no reason to think he won't bounce back. Um, his past deflections are usually a little bit higher. He only had three this year. I mean, he had a year in 2017 where he had 11, and he's usually hovering around the five to six range. So I think he'll bounce back, and I think this is an opportunity to get a guy that a lot of people are writing off. Um, so, and like you said, the age really isn't a factor for me. Um, and he may not get back to that, you know, 13, 14 sacks, you know, a, a season. But if he can get, you know, just a few more than what he got last year, he's already a top, you know, 
20, you know, guy at the position. So I think he could easily climb up to where we have him ranked right now. Um, and no problem. Yeah. The tackles floor, you know, 51 this last year, 53 the year before this was his lowest tackle for loss season since 2014. So that's notable. So nothing really seemed to go right for the saints this year. And that definitely affected Cameron Jordan. I, I think there's a little bit of an overcorrection in the Cameron Jordan market. Um, like I said, we have him here as our guy that's coming in as, you know, 19 or 18, rather. It seems a little bit low for him. I, I have a feeling he'll finish higher than that. But right now, that's kind of how we're viewing him. And I feel like that's kind of how the market views him as well. So Cameron Jordan at 18. Number 19 for us coming in is Romeo Aquora. You're higher on Romeo Aquora than I am. Why don't you tell everybody what you like about Aquora? Uh, well, the guy, he's a very uh, one-dimensional. He's 100% pass rush, so you're not really going to get the the pass deflections out of him. But he's just disruptive. I mean, he this is his first big year. He had the 10 sacks, um, 44 combined tackles, 11 tackles for loss. Um, but what's cool about him, I think, is that he can work both sides of the line. He's not just on the, the, the right side. They they rotate him around whenever, however they see fit. And I think if they continue to do that, He's going he's gonna to pump those numbers up, especially on the, the quarterback sacks. Um, so I like him a lot. They gave him a contract. Detroit's, you know, a terrible defense overall. Um, so they're, they're going to be on the field a lot. So he's going to have the opportunities. You know, the snap count will be there. And they drafted two interior linemen with their second or third round picks, which is, is going to bode well for him because, you know, that's going to help their run defense. And for a, a, an edge rusher like Aquara to get home to the quarterback, the quarterback has to drop back and throw the ball. So I think the opportunities are going to increase. And as of overall, I think his production is going to increase. I think right now is the time to get him. Uh, and I've been trying to do that in just about every league I'm in. I, I think I did just get him in the Masters League a couple of days ago. And I think uh, his price is only going to go up because the production, I think, is going to increase. Yeah. You've kind of sold me on Aquara a little bit more, especially with the ability to play both sides. It seems like we have a more competent coaching staff coming in, so maybe they'll be able to get even more out of him. So, and like you said, they did address the interior line there, so that's going to hopefully bode well. On paper, it bodes well. Um, he's probably their best defender, second best defender, at least top three, at worst top three defender on that team. So. Uh, pass rush is a premium position, so that's a good building block for whatever they seem to have going on there in Detroit. Um, we're going to take a short break, and we'll come back, finish out our top 24 defensive end, defensive line rankings with you guys in just a second. What's good, IDP Army? It's Jordan Reigns, and quickly I want to tell you guys today about the big project I've been working on, the Ultimate IDP Index. The Ultimate IDP Index is the number one resource for IDP fantasy football players, rookies or veterans for 2021. Inside, you're going to find contract information, tiered IDP rankings, detailed player production profiles going back to 2017, suggested trade values, and a whole lot more, including unique write-ups, unique videos that will only be available within the Ultimate IDP Index. But to me, probably the most valuable thing is the fact that the trade value estimation tool is going to be updated weekly. So you'll always be aware of what a player is worth in your Dynasty League at any given moment. 
So what are you waiting for? Sign up for the IDP Army Patreon today. Patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army. Join the Black Ops tier and join the IDP Army today. Shout out to the IDP Army and the IDP Army Patreons holding it down over there. You guys already know the Ultimate IDP Index is dope. Uh, we are using it today to give you guys a lot of this information we're looking at. Contracts, reference points, all that. So make sure you go sign up, get in on the Black Ops tier to get access to that. We are going to continue now with our top 24, uh, our back end of our top 24 defensive line rankings. And we're going to talk about Emmanuel Agba, all right? This is a defensive line player, defensive end uh, for the Miami Dolphins. They did address the pass rush position in the first round of this year's draft by taking Jalen Phillips out of Miami. So there's definitely, um, I wouldn't say like they felt like it was like a burning need, but to get the best pass rusher available at that point in the draft uh, in the first round or in the first round for them, you, they were adding pieces there. They got a lot of good production out of Emmanuel Ogba last year um, that I don't think a lot of people necessarily saw coming. 42 tackles, nine sacks, five pass deflections, 21 quarterback hits, uh, you know, in 12 starts. Uh, he hadn't really gotten that many um, starts uh, the year before in Kansas City. That's when he ended up leaving Kansas City. I guess he did win the Super Bowl with them, so good on that for him. Uh, he's got a good thing going in Miami right now. But what, what are your thoughts on Emmanuel Agba? I know I think you had him rostered in at least one of our leagues this last year uh, that I remember of. Uh, you were on him maybe a little earlier than I was even. Yeah, um, he did have a, a 15 impact plays this year, which is is a pretty respectable number. It was a career high for him. And, and to say that, I mean, he kind of averages in the 13 range. So he's got a decent floor, in, in my opinion. And – there's, there's still more left for him. I, I think he can continue to develop. I mean, if you look through his numbers, they, they kind of keep trending up, especially um, in, in the you know forced fumbles. He had three this year, a fumble recovery, you know, career high in sacks. So if he can pump, you know, the, his overall tackles up a little bit, um, you know, six tackle for losses is, isn't bad. 21 quarterback hits is actually really good. Um, so with those five pass deflections, that's pretty, pretty strong numbers. Um, and I think he can – He's somebody that I don't necessarily think we could ever see be elite, but to be a, a defensive lineman too in IDP is is I think pretty much going to happen um, for the next you know barring any unforeseen move if he stays there I, I'd like to see him stay there and uh, I think he's there for three to four years. You can look at him as a more of a mid to back end defensive lineman too, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean you don't you don't have to have a roster full of elite players. You know, you know, guys like this is what really can push your team over the top to win a championship. Yeah, agreed. He uh, had, like you said, 15 impact plays. He's had, he's durable. That's one thing I like about him. 790 snaps this year in Cleveland in 2018. He had 800 snaps in Cleveland in 16, over 800 snaps. So you know he can show up and play the games uh, in the game where he is healthy. I did like seeing the the sacks go up this year. He did, like you said, the quarterback hits seem to be there. They're they're building something pretty pretty well put together. I feel like in Miami, and he's a guy like you said where he's not necessarily going to be 
an elite guy, but he's going to get it done. That's kind of how I feel about Jerome Baker going into this year, too. I believe we talked about him the other day on our Risers and Fallers show. But, you know, it, he's on a team with a coach who knows how to use him properly and who's going to give him those opportunities to be used properly. And I think that, you know, a back-end D lineman, too, for a guy that is, like you said, dirt cheap, um, and has some upside too. 27 years old. He's a little younger than some of these guys we've put in front of him here. Uh, so I, I like I like him here. I think this is a fair spot for Emmanuel Ogba going into the next year. Oh, yeah. And I'm not really sure. I'm trying to look quickly here about what his contract situation is. I believe um, he got paid pretty uh, pretty decent from Miami. Yeah, he got a two-year, uh, $15 million deal from Miami uh, in March 2020. Oh, so this is the last of his year. Uh, I see here I'm looking. He got fined $10,000 uh, for for his role in a brawl against the Bengals in December of this last year. So don't That'll mess with them up just a couple spots for me right there. Don't mess with them dolphins. <laughs> Is that a dolphin noise? I think you think it's he who swims with dolphins. All right, let's talk about our guy here coming in at number 21. We have Leonard Williams, uh, kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people thought to be, uh, more or less, left for dead with the Jets um, after a, a, a decent start to his career, tapered off quite a bit, joins the New York Giants, and he his career is really the tale of, of two careers. I mean, he has the Jets career, and he has the Giants career, because since joining the, the Jets, or excuse me, the Giants, he has been a lot more productive. Uh, his quarterback hits have gone up uh, since joining the, the the Giants this last couple of years. He had 30 this year from the interior line position. That's a lot. 11 and a half sacks. That's also, I mean, that's, that's huge. That's almost a double his, his career before that. And he's played in the NFL for five seasons. 57 tackles. That's the third most he's ever had. Two of those were with the Jets early on. Last year's the Jets, they said, like he fell off. And I really kind of attribute what happened to him to two things and um, why we kind of left him for dead. One is Adam Gase got his hands on him. Um, and in 2018, he put up eight or five sacks. And in 2019, he put up half a sack. Uh, half that year, he played with the New York Jets. I mean, Adam Gase just, you know, did not know what to do with him like he did not know what to do with many players he immediately has one full season playing his more natural position with the new york Gi the jet giants and he has a his career year so we have him here as our 21 guy and i feel very confident in him as a top 20 finisher this year uh you do too you had him even higher than me in your rankings what do you like about this situation so much well, you got to love the tackle floor that he provides um especially like you said on the interior but I like kind of like the system he's in. I think the Giants kind of are figuring out how to use who they have. Um, their defense is quietly getting better. And, you know, the fact that they were able to bring him in and get the most out of him uh, was unexpected, but it happened. And here we are. And I think that there's no reason that it won't repeat and, and happen for a few years to come. Um, and for what uh, the quarterback hits on the interior line, that's impressive. 30 quarterback hits. Um, is something that you rarely see. Um, and this year he also had a career year in um, impact plays with 16, um, which is a pretty damn good number too. Um, he's a guy that, up, I mean, last year you could have got off of waivers probably more than halfway through the season. Um, and I actually, that's where I got him in a few leagues. 
because um, I like sometimes there's guys that I don't even know about. And I'll, I'll go through there and I'll look for like current leaders, you know, on the sleeper app. And there he was, you know, like a top 10 defensive lineman. And he, you know, he was available for pickup. So I was like, shit, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then I looked into him and yeah, he's, he, I think there's no reason to think that he isn't going to finish as a defensive lineman too. And last year he was, he was higher than that. So we, yep. we could be kind of sleeping on him a little bit too, but we've only seen it once. But even in his earlier years with the Jets, um, he did have a high tackle for him. I mean, he posted 70 or close to 70 tackles twice, you know, 68 in 2016. That's uh, that's pretty damn impressive. Yep. Yep. Uh, he got a three-year, $63 million extension from the New York Giants. So they definitely liked what they saw from him and are going to give him the chance to produce for us this year. Our last three guys, we're just going to go through them quickly. We have Yannick Ngakwe at 21. We have Bradley Chubb at – or at Yannick Ngakwe at 22, Bradley Chubb at 23, and then Stefan Tuat finishing us out at 24. Um, you know, Yannick Ngakwe is on a new team. He goes to the Raiders. Uh, they need pass rush help. Yannick Ngakwe is one of the most consistent pass rushers in the NFL year in and year out. He doesn't he doesn't do much in the tackle department, but he's led the league in force fumbles. He's almost never ever hurt. Uh, and he gets sacks. He can he converts sacks at a at a clip that is consistent on a level that r- is rarely found in the NFL. Um and I think the Raiders would might be inclined to play him the most snaps of his career this year. Uh so you know, he usually hovers around that 600-ish area. Uh, they need pass rush help. So I could see him getting thrown out onto the field for, you know, 750, maybe 800, you know, well, maybe closer to 800, 900 for the first time of his his career. He's He's played in that 700 range pretty much his whole career. I'm actually just looking now. Last year was a little bit weird because he was on two different teams. And I'm pretty sure John Gruden is kind of known for – for giving his his uh, defensive players a lot of snaps. Well, I mean, they're on John Gruden-led offenses, so they play a lot of defense. They kind of just do what they, they want out there. They just go out there at the beginning of the drive, and they're there till the touchdown. Yeah, I mean, listen to this. Max Crosby played 905 snaps last year. You have Yannick Ngakwe, 905 snaps. He's going to have a top 20 season pretty easily. Um, any thoughts on, on his move for this guy? No, uh, um I'm not I'm not a huge Nagakwe guy. Um he could have landed in a in a worse spot, but he also could have landed in a better spot. But like you're saying, uh, this, if the snap counts increase, his production will. Um and he's been pretty consistent. Uh it's, I mean, he just keeps building on himself. So I and you know, getting the contract that he got, you know, I just I hope it pays off. He's a he's a I I, I would put him as a safe, you know, back end to D lineman too with that potential, you know, top you know, the, the second defensive lineman tier. Um, but I, I'm a little lower than you are. Yep. You're a big Bradley Chubb guy. He's our next guy on the list. What do you think about, uh, you know, he came off the ACL injury this last year, seven and a half sacks, missed a couple of games there towards the end. What are your thoughts with, uh, with Bradley Chubb this year? He looked a lot better last year. Um, there's still, you know, more to be had with him his rookie year. You know, he kind of exploded with 60 total tackles, 12 sacks. Um, and he was disruptive, you know, had two forced fumbles, fumble recovery. Um, but then 2019 was just with the injury, you know, 
And then last year, he kind of found more of a medium. And I, I expect this guy to build on it, especially since he uh, he's going to be kind of playing for a contract. Um, and you don't, we don't really know what Denver's doing, so we're not sure if they're looking to buy and get just you know keep him or, or or not move on. I'm not sure. I haven't heard if they picked up his option. I think I think they did pick up his fifth year option actually. Now that I say that, um, but I like him a lot, and I, I really hope he can stay healthy because that's really his only hangup is he's just got to be out on the field. I really wish he would have been able to with Von Miller in his prime because gosh, those two you know, across from each other would have been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, they did pick up his his uh exercises option, twelve point seven million this year. So okay, good. he will be back. Yeah. I think that the the fact that his a season was cut a couple of games short kind of takes away from what he could have been, you know, because defensive line players, you get one more multi sack game in there. Let's say he gets two more sacks. Then we're looking at nine and a half, you know, it gets, you know, five or six more. He's almost at fifty tackles. He could have had a much better season, I think. And so for coming off the ACL, I'm, I'm, I like what I saw. And we're quick to forget, you know, he was a top defensive lineman off the board the year he was drafted. Uh, I believe he was top five pick. So they took his option. I think he's going to have the chance to to prove some people. He, he's going to work for it this year is what I think. There's, he's not going to go into this next year when the cap's going up and, you know, we've seen people need pass rush help and this last class is kind of weaker. If you can prove yourself, you can get paid at the position. And Denver's a team that loves to pay pay guys, you know. So if he can do it, he'll be sticking around for a while there. So, um, and then our last guy on the list, we had Stefan to it, um, a little bit older guy, just in a in generally speaking, an interior defensive lineman, uh, twenty eight years old, eleven sacks this last year was a career high, twenty five quarterback hits, also a career high, but he does a lot of things you know, auxiliary stats, which I kind of always go over 14 impact plays total this year, his season and the year before he had six, it was cut short. He was pacing for a really good season though, the year before that. So I think we could get more of the same from him this year. He was a, a weekly playable defensive line player. Um, I love that Steelers defense as far as just being full of disruptive guys. I feel bad not having Cameron Hayward on this list. Maybe he pokes his head up on there by the time we get closer to the season. But right now, stuff on to it seems to be the guy who's trending up on the Steelers line. Um, what are your thoughts on him this year before we close it out? I like him. And I, I'll, it's kind of, I liked it. Pittsburgh kept him around um, his first you know, four or five years with them, um, you know, his numbers weren't as gaudy as they were this last year. But I think they they knew what they had with him. I think they knew at the time they just couldn't give him, you know, the opportunities he needed to put together what he had this year. But the stars aligned and they, he was able to do that finally. They were able to provide him those, the, the, those opportunities. And uh, I was happy to see it because he's a guy that you kind of just root for. He's, he's, he's just a good guy. And I was happy to see him finally kind of break out and, and get the respect he deserves because he's been good. He just hadn't necessarily been able to to get those opportunities, you know, really, especially since 2015. Um, so it, it was nice to see. We just need to maybe see him. This was actually the most games he's played in his career. Um, so that's good to see, too, with him, you know, getting out on the field more. And, and I'm happy to see what he can do. Um, like I said, the Steelers' defense could, uh, again, be just the most dangerous defense in the league, potentially, especially in the AFC. Oh, there will be. It's uh, he actually played. We had 2015. He played. A, he played a few more snaps, but yeah, second most snaps he's played in his career, trending up. Um, and there are sacks being created all over that Steelers defensive line, so it's not un, it's not 
too far-fetched to think he could push, you know, past six, seven, eight pretty easily again this year as a guy who's consistently put up, you know, at least five or six every season. So quickly before we get out of here, I will read back to you all our top 24 defensive linemen. Well, I'm only going to read you actually our top or our, our back half here. Um, well, you know what? I'm a nice guy. I'll read you the whole top 24 set. All right. So number one, we had TJ Watt, two, Chase Young, three, Nick Bosa, four, Miles Garrett, five, DeForest Buckner, six, Aaron Donald, seven, Joey Bosa, eight, Monta Sweat, nine, Brian Burns, 10, Zadari Smith, 11, Daniel Hunter, 12, Shaq Barrett. That was in our show from the part one series. And then the back half, 13 through 24, we have 13, Khalil Mack, uh, Harold Landry, Chandler Jones, Jason Pierre-Paul, J.J. Watt, Cameron Jordan, Romeo Aquara, Emmanuel Agba, Leonard Williams, Yannick Ngakwe, Bradley Chubb, and Stefan Tuitt. So that is the top 24. Uh, this this show was the top, uh, the back half of that, part two, top 24 defensive ends or defensive linemen for early rankings for 2020-21. If you all have any questions or comments, leave them in the, you know, the comment section on YouTube. We love chatting it up with you guys hit us up on youtube uh, on twitter hit us up on the fantasy football facebook group um, if you're in the uh, any given sunday idp group also the dynasty nerds group if you're over there um joe what do you got going on the next week or so um you can find me on the hammercast network on stacking the box we usually release a show there every two weeks usually on mondays and uh yeah with you on the idp army just trying to push out more content and get get the word out there, man. I love to see um, IDP leagues really taking off. It's it's uh, good to see. I'm happy people are are starting to actually catch on and, and enjoy it because it's a lot of fun. Hell yeah! All right, shout out to the whole IDP Army crew. Go check out the IDPArmy.com because we're putting content up there. We're gonna try to get these rankings up there sometime in the next week or so. Bomber's got an article up there. His next one should be coming out soon, which is a idp fantasy platform comparison series so he did uh espn the next one will be sleeper then he'll do yahoo and then i think he's going to do a couple of the other ones too so don't forget to go check that out support the idp army join the patreon and we will see you next time let the rain hit the sand build a house on a rock got a plan gotta get stocks keep them bands hear the clock tick blades on the fan used to be mundane on a monday now you have fun day on a sunday because you're switching it up and you're living it up